Yeah, okay. So um, I'm Laura Hewitt. I'm a owner director of Hewitt Recruitment. Um, we're based in the Midlands. So in uh, we've got offices in Kidderminster and Worcester. Um, so we really just cover three counties. We're not kind of a national recruitment agency at all. So we cover Worcestershire, Herefordshire and Gloucestershire. Um, and the types of roles we work are basically anything in manufacturing and kind of an office environment. Um, and we have specialist teams um, that kind of do specialist types of roles. So we've got an engineering team, an IT team, commercial team, an industrial team, because we do like industrial temp as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's us. How about you? Nice. My name's Lucas Vanterpool. I'm one of the owners of a company called The Sterling Choice. So quite similar. We're based in the Midlands, uh, where we basically cover sort of nationally. Um, we also have a presence out in North America, um, all food manufacturing, FMCG engineering, I'd say majority of what we do is permanent recruitment, quite similar setup to you guys. So we've kind of got like the vertical market piece, so like an engineering, operational, supply chain, logistics, product development, food safety, literally the whole lot. We've been going for 10 years now, just had our 10th birthday. Um, and yeah, we keep going. Interesting. Yeah. So we, we're kind of similar in a few ways, aren't we? In that we, mm. we work kind of similar types of jobs, but whereas we specialize locally, you specialize in FMCG. Yeah. So it's kind of one like the way the team is split. I'm just trying to remember how many we've got. There's, um, there's about 16, 17 in the team and there's quite a similar setup to what you guys would do. So certain members of the team will have their own geographical patch. So we kind of split the UK into three areas. It's like the North, which would be South Yorkshire up to Scotland. Then we've got the Midlands, which is literally Norfolk, Suffolk, all the way across to Wales. And then we've got the South team, which do Southwest, Cornwall, Devon, up to Bristol, across home counties, all of London, Kent. Gosh. So yeah, it's it's a beast. It's like you you read the 101 of setting up a recruitment company and going niche on everything. We ignored that and literally just have this massive coverage. But it's all right. We obviously don't work with everybody in those spaces. So it's quite nice to be able to sort of pick and choose where we spend our time. But it's it's got its challenges, I'm not gonna lie. Not to mention the US bit where we work Florida, Chicago. New York, New Jersey, LA, Canada. Uh, yeah, so that's just a whole different. Oh. And quite a small team to manage such a wide chunk in different time zones and everything. So I got my hair. Play. That's why my hair's so big because I always <laughs> go like this when I'm getting stressed. <laughs> See, I used to do that and it started falling out. So that's just oh. important. <laughs> <laughs> so um how's your year been then what's been your big changes you've seen this year you know so i think when we look at the past 12 to 18 months i would be gobsmacked if my challenges and our struggles aren't similar to everybody so cost of living piece massive because of food manufacturing in one side it's superb as far as food manufacturing goes in the UK. I mean, it's the largest manufacturing sector. It's an absolute beast, but site closures, redundancies, recruitment freezes, and then the whole cost of living bit, you start looking at 
the interest rate increase and like the companies we work with so they're unable or just not willing to go and borrow money so there's been that lack of investment there's still that element of like um i'm not going to call it like covid recovery but i think one of the things i've really found is since the whole covid bit it's just a change in attitude from candidates like yeah. it's almost and it's not all of them i'll be honest but very just cold decisions very kind of selfish it's all like I, there is no loyalty we got people accepting jobs doing one or two days quitting the job getting, getting something else and i'm not stupid obviously all of that is driven by the way of the country at the minute it's kind mm -hmm. of it needs money everybody is doing everything they can to level up but when you look at those times where it's like right when somebody's accepted a job i'm in i mean it's that's that's what i do you don't have to worry i'm i'm with it those days are they're long gone so are you not seeing that calm down a little bit in the last sort of maybe six months i reckon we saw we're coming out of covid when the market was nuts we saw mm -hmm. a lot of that counter offers people staying where they were and it was all about kind of getting the best deal uh you know a bit more money whatever that was there's so much choice whereas now since the market has kind of slowed down a bit um, and there's that bit more instability I've, i we found that candidates are kind of always not going back to what they were like pre-pandemic um, but kind of being a bit more i guess picky um and taking time to make the decision so we've seen decision making slow down but actually then those decisions are sticking a bit more. Are you not finding that yeah. yet? Yeah, I think when I looked last week, statistically, it has improved. And the only way I can really base that statistically is dropouts. There was a point, I don't know about you guys, but 12, 18 months ago, in terms of the amount of dropouts, we were working out that literally for every five placements we would make, we would have to expect at least one of those was going to drop out within right. a month or so. And for us, that was just, that was unheard of. The past three or four months, it has improved. Um, I'm still, I'm weary, I think would be the easiest thing. And I think that's just then taking COVID out of it and then just looking at the whole cost of living and the interest rates and all of that and how we're going to afford our mortgage and, and just all of those pieces. I think there's still going to be that element of kind of people have to get the best possible option for them. Mm. Um, and I think one of the reasons we feel it a lot is a huge chunk of what we do is engineering. So like maintenance engineers, multi-skilled, mechanical, electrical, all of that, and they're all permanent. So the thing with these guys is nine times out of ten the job is the same job wherever you go you sure. I mean? so it's yeah. quite difficult because you can't really sell it too heavily on the dreams and the possibilities these guys are comfortable in the fact that this is what i do for a living this is what i'll always do so it's not about progression and opportunity and development it's a case of who's going to pay me the most what's the closest to where i live and what's the best shift pattern yeah. so when you've got that, it's kind of one where I'm two weeks into a new job. Somebody's called me. I could make three grand or more a year commuting 10 minutes less. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm gone. So I think that's always going to be there. But like you say, it's improving. But 
personally, I think, yeah, we've still, we certainly still got a bit of a, we got a bit of a ride ahead. Yeah, I find, I've, so I, I know what you mean, actually, particularly kind of low-level engineering roles, like um, we have loads of CNC um, engineer roles on at the moment, for some reason, seem to have come through all at once. Um, and there are, it's really hard to find those kind of people. Um, and yeah, I think there's definitely, those ones are kind of a bit more, um, just as you described, basically, they'll make the decision based on those factors, how much money it is, what, how far it's from the house. Whereas then when you get a bit more senior, maybe a bit more strategic into those types of engineering roles, they can kind of be a bit more, you know, there's more, there's more about the decision, isn't there? So um, we've kind of just tried to shift and focus a bit more on the really hard to find, you know, technical, like uh, R&D engineers and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's good to have, it's important to have a balance still, isn't it, between the roles, because everything changes all the time and that's where we, how we manage our risk. It does, because away from, I mean, the, the classic doom, how have you found it past 12, 18 months? Like more so, I'm intrigued, but your own team, and people that work for you, and you look at like the past 12, 18 months and then going back even before that, because how long have you guys been going, sorry? We've been running for 43 years. Um, it was in my mum's business, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. And then myself and my business partner bought the company off her at the end of 21. Um, okay. We've both worked in the company, sort of uh, myself 10 years this year and my business partner 14 years. Nice. So, uh, yeah, a little yeah, while. See so what's that been like then? So if you go back to... Looking at the people you worked with, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, and then looking at people now working for you, like culturally, just people in general. You can see me smiling because I've got I've got bits I'd love to say about this, but I'm just intrigued. What what have you seen like over the past year? In terms of, yeah, I mean, so what is interesting for us is we have a really high retention rate. So we've still got a lot of the same people working for us now as we were working for us five, six, seven, ten years ago. Um, but what I would say is even with those same individuals, um, expectations have changed. Um, so as we've brought new people in, you know, um, and, you know, going back to that since COVID comment that you made earlier, I think there's definitely more of an expectation. There's more, um, they're more demanding of what they want out of um a job um, and this is the same people because I think a lot of the time um, people talk about this and they're like oh people aren't like they were in my day you know people used to be this this these young generation but I think there's an element of that but actually you know I guess people are thinking well if the young ones want it well, well I do as well because yeah. it sounds great you know they want the flexibility they want more money they yeah. want to do less hours um, you know all of those kind of things uh, they want to have we had a request the other day for um, a, like a cycling thing to put underneath the desk so that they could do fitness while they're working. Wow, wow. <laughs> you know, and this I, is hope it, a long time. I hope that comment doesn't make it to the final clips. I don't want people getting ideas. <laughs> I know. We I'm haven't going to that one. <laughs> no. What happened? <laughs> don't even ask. <laughs> so, um, so I think it's maybe just a shift of people kind of uh you know had time out of work everyone at the same time everyone had a rethink about um what's important to them mm -hmm. what they want out of work do they want to be working even full-time never mind you know a 70 hour week or whatever people used to do um and then there's more people that are demanding that everyone around them is kind of just agreeing um mm -hmm. 
it kind of gets this there's this um someone i spoke to he, he said the word insatiable employee that's kind of a thing that they kind of put a name on it's almost like the more you give the more people want yeah but then yeah. you always feel like you're competing because like we were just saying people can just go somewhere else and work can't they so it's like do you when do you stop just giving and giving especially in a market that's dipping a little bit at the moment yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Go on then. Give me your side. No, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I agree. I don't, I don't think it is solely an age thing. I think that's, that's the easiest thing to say. That's the easiest argument. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've got a bit to say about that, but it's kind of one where I don't know. Just I do blame when you look at the past eighteen months or so. Just everywhere you look, it was about flexible working work from home da, da, da. and it's just it's just generally created this culture in the country where it's almost it's frowned upon to the idea of working working long working hard and grafting whereas yeah. this is recruitment obviously you've been doing it like 10 plus years and, and similar to myself in our early days especially you graft, you have to learn, you have to pick it up, you have to make mistakes. And it, I don't think it's even just recruitment. Generally, in the workplace, I'm kind of under the belief that you spend those earlier years grafting, putting it in whilst you've got the energy to do so, and you earn that flexibility later in life. Right. Now, I'm not talking later in life like when you're, do you know what I mean? I'm going off to Spain to retire, but it's kind of one where if you're in your first two, three years, and it's one where like, right, when can I work from home and when can I do this? I know not everybody's the same, but personally, I've seen a clear correlation when somebody works from home, their results when they work from home when they're in the office. Um, and it has, it's just that there's this entitlement that has kind of just swept the nation. Now, there are parts of it, <clears throat> excuse me, I fully agree with. I make a point to all of the team that I would never expect somebody to miss a sports day or not be able to drop their kids off or pick them up if they want to, all of that stuff, of course. But when you're coming in for an interview and it's a case of when can I work from home, it's one where it's like, for me, that's kind of, that's that's just a red flag. It's like if you mm. need it, use it and I think that's kind of where it's all got a bit it's got a bit gray the whole flexibility kind of in my mind started with if you need the flexibility then you get it but we're kind of in a world now where four day working weeks three day working weeks forced hybrid working just as standard and I don't know it's for me it just doesn't it doesn't sit right if you need it for a reason fantastic but to mm -hmm go into every business out there and just expect that the new norm is I have to be able to work from home one day for me it just is ridiculous I know what you mean in fact we've just as you're thinking that I've been discussing that with my business partner earlier this morning about where we've kind of stitched ourselves up a bit actually um so we've got two offices as I mentioned and with when it was COVID we actually closed our Worcester office for a bit and went into like a co-working space yeah um 
as in we, we'd just taken on a huge new office that we didn't need. Um, so we then, after COVID, we got like a small kind of side street office. Yeah. Um, but now we're going back onto the high street. So we're just about to move into you know, a nice big front on the high street office. Yeah. The front door that people can walk in through um, because that's what people want to do again now. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we've told everyone they can work from home on a Friday, it's going to be closed on a Friday. You can't have an office front, like a shop front that's closed on a Friday, can you? So it's like balancing. Yes, people's expectations are here, but the business requirements are now here. Yeah. And it's like, and if we go and change that now, people are going to be upset about us changing the goalposts. Do you, um, do you reckon all of your team would rather have the Friday off if you ever dangled the carrot like a Monday or a Wednesday? Would anybody go for that? Can you stagger them? So, uh, yeah, potentially. But because we do hybrid working, just having enough people in to keep the office open on the Monday to Thursday can sometimes be a challenge. Right. And it is like you say, it's going back to hang on, what we're we trying to do here. What's the objective? It's to have an office that's open and well manned so that the, the customer experience is great. You know, people can come in, there's someone to talk to them, um, and we deliver what we say we're going to deliver. But if you come into the front door and it's locked because one person's gone out for lunch and another person's on the phone or something. <laughs> it's not yeah, great. It's crazy, isn't it? Ah, oh, the joys. So what are you guys <laughs> thinking like the next 12, 18 months? How are you feeling about that? Uh, so we're in, I guess we're in a bit of a period of change in the sense of, um, so I guess, so for us, our, our, our business, kind of what we sort of, what I, I strive to be famous for, I suppose, is offering like the best customer experience. So we've just um, been B Corp certified. So we're all about kind of um, being ethical and um, sustainable and looking after our people. We're like rated excellent on Trustpilot. You know, we do all of this stuff, um, really focused on the customer experience, candidate and client. Um, But in this market that's dipping a little bit, we're now having to ask our guys to do a bit of sales activity um, because we're used to the jobs just coming in through the front door all the time. And our guys just doing a great job on that which is, you know, a really strong business model in a strong market. Um, So we're kind of, I guess, a bit on the back foot now. Um, We're having to just try and get our guys to do sales without making them hate their jobs. (laughs) How about you? uh, That's funny. We'll we'll come on to that in a minute. So, you know, I feel like like it's going to be much of the same the past 12 months i reckon it's all going to start to to calm down a bit i mean our industry it's yeah it's being battered i feel like the worst is certainly over um i reckon from a people point like we're just touching on with kind of like the expectations of, of recruiters nowadays i think there's kind of like a nice sort of balance i think for a lot of us instead of being in that situation a year ago where it was like forced down our necks, like, what are you doing? What is your flexible working policy? And we're all kind of like, shit, wait a minute, (laughs) what's going on? I think we've all kind of come away from doing stuff for the sake of, well, they're doing it, so we'll do it as well. And I think for a lot, we've kind of found a balance that that works for us and our team. So I feel good about that. yeah, I, I kind of think about the, the technological bit and AI and all of that good stuff. Yeah, there's going to be more that comes out, but nothing which 
I don't know, would ever give me any major concern. The only issue I really have with the kind of AI and technology bit is, um, and I know we'll touch on this in a second, is it just takes away what we're all good at, which is why mm -hmm. I chose to do this job. I struggle enough with clients that just want to email, let alone when we start talking about automating every single touch point with candidates and clients. It's just... yeah. It's just minion. Um, <laughs> Agreed. So, yeah, no, I think it's going to improve. I reckon with with a lot of it, it sounds it sounds quite basic, but just looking at the general state of the country and inflation, all of that, I think as as things really kind of ease in that sense, um, yeah, just generally the working world, clients, the way they're viewing it, everything will just sort of come down a bit. So I feel I feel optimistic. Yeah. Okay. Basically. Yeah. No, I'd agree. I mean, I definitely don't think there's any kind of panic stations. It's just like for us, it's a bit of an adjustment, you know, in terms of having that little bit of a slowdown when we haven't really got any mechanism to mm. go out and get new business because we just haven't been doing it. Um, yeah. So, and I know the guys at TRN have been telling us for a long time to get get doing some sales. So we did we did hire a business development manager actually, yeah. and he's been great. Yeah, he's worked for us now for coming up to two years. Cool. um so we did that to be fair and um that's definitely been worthwhile so it's allowed our guys to focus on what they're good at yes now they still have to do more because he can't bring enough in enough for everybody um but that's kind of been i guess our strategy so we have um you know we've got like the 13 consultants and then we have a business development manager and a marketing manager so we really try to i guess use all the different tools that we can rather than just kind of hammering the phones and asking our guys to do stuff that they're not comfortable with. Well, um, so does that bring us on to the, the business development question? I think that brings us on perfectly. So <laughs> what is it? do recruiters actually enjoy new business development? Do you want to go first? I feel like I know which way you're going to go. Well, I mean, I think you know the answer. So <laughs> I, our guys definitely don't. Yeah. Um, but as I say, it's because we've been we've had this um, obsession with the customer experience and servicing the roles that we have to to generate you know really loyal long term clients, which you know I, I still stand by as a really good business model. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's they say don't they something like something like a really small percentage of increase in loyalty leads yeah. to a much higher increase in profit, and I definitely believe that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think now it's kind of just making sure that almost trying not to look at it as like cold sales as you know making it something really scary yep. we're trying to let people kind of be a bit more creative with it maybe like we've given them well our marketing manager has created loads of nice um, marketing tools that people can use mm -hmm. to try and make it so it's not just all about kind of hammering the phones or doing cold calls and yep. um, canvassing has been good as well you know canvassing out um speculative cvs to companies that might be interested that's good because at least it's not just an empty call sort of thing mm -hmm. and we do a lot of events as well um so we, we put on like a, a hr conference every year which is coming up in november so it gives us the opportunity to ring people up like a hr manager up and invite them to that rather than just be ringing up to ask about recruitment um so we try and do <laughs> anything anything where we can ring people and not, not talk phone. about recruitment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh but like get still managing to have those conversations with people uh but i think we're probably still a bit too gentle and don't then convert it at the end oh, yeah. what are you up to then 
We, um, I mean, to answer the question, do recruiters enjoy it? No. I mean, no, they don't. I've, no. got, I've got people with, <laughs> they're getting onto BD now, um, sort of six months into the job. They don't, they don't enjoy it. Um, I work with people that have been doing recruitment for 15, 20 years. And quite frankly, they don't enjoy it either. Everybody mm. just prefers to fill the jobs. That's the, yeah. nice, that's the easy bit. You know, if there's anything I've, I've kind of learned is the fact that a lot of people don't enjoy it because they don't actually understand what it is they're trying to achieve. And I think that's been a big one that we've tried to, to get through to our team and we've taken things away. So there was, there was a time and, and you probably experienced it. It's like power hour, we need to pull some jobs, blah, blah, blah. I explained to the team, I'm good at what I do, but I could never just pick up the phone and say, I'm going to pull a job this morning. It's, it's out of your control. So we kind of explained to them that if you can set a target, I don't know, it might be five people, it might be 10 people. If you can have five to 10 good conversations with a client in a day mm. don't think about i need to pull jobs don't even try and sell just be talking to them add value in any possible way and sometimes when the market is like it is it's a fantastic time because if it's a case of <clears throat> companies that are downsizing cool how can we support how can you put us in touch with members of the team that that may be impacted whilst things are quiet is now a good time to look at the salary survey piece. Maybe we need to use this as a chance for you to benchmark what you're paying against what the market's doing. Just any value we can provide, mm -hmm. just do it because quite simply it's the right thing to do. And business development in my mind has always been, if you do the right things, if you look after people and from a, a client point, especially, be on the phone, leave them in a better place than when you found them. That's yeah. that's the way I look at it. And that could be cracking some jokes, what you're doing on the weekend, have a bit of fun. I'm having an issue with a member of my team or we can't do this, whatever it may be, just provide some level of insight because that's the one yeah. thing that we can provide. If you do that consistently every day, every week, then the business will, will come in. And I think the challenge with it is... It's not just a younger generation thing, but I think generally just as humans now, I mean, we've got, we love that instant gratification. Do you know yeah. what I mean? The yeah. last time I put on, I don't know, BBC One, and then I had to sit there and watch an advert between my movie, and I'm thinking, this is disgusting. Why am I watching adverts? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. What the hell is this? And it's like, these little bits like that, we can't, the idea of that three to five second advert when you put on a YouTube video, like we've become so conditioned for just that immediate gratification. And I think mm -hmm. that's with a lot of people when they go into business development is they make two or three phone calls, they don't pull a job, they get a bit of rejection. And it's like, my life is over. I hate business development. Lucas, you're an idiot. Whereas it's a case of, like we always say, just control the controllable. Stop trying to sell. Stop trying to pull a job. If you do your part right and there is a job available, you will get the job. But we're in a market where all of our competition are doing the same thing. It's all cheap and tacky and 
lazy. To be honest, the only good thing is 99% of our competition are probably just sending emails as opposed to picking up the phone. So I suppose that is the one good thing. Um, yeah. Which I think, in a way, leads us to a next question, which I've got as, do automations dehumanize the recruitment process? Well, I, got, I picked up on your opinion on that earlier. <laughs> so do you want to expand on it? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, we do. Um, <laughs> you know what, it's, I, we use a lot, we use a lot of technology. We, we use a lot of automation. We use a lot of tools. I personally use a lot of, of AI in what I do in the job. But I only use that stuff to speed up certain things that take me time to naturally do. In terms of interaction with humans, for me personally, the more we automate it, it, it 100% it loses that, that human element to it. And that's the one thing that I think keeps us in business is the fact that regardless of how good your advert may be, how good your message may be, your email, whatever it is, the ability for us to be able to empathize with individuals and be able to challenge their thinking and that kind of that seduction process that goes through in recruitment you you can't get rid of that like recruitment is as much psychology as it is sales in most places so i think the problem nowadays is tech is massive it will continue to boom there is new fancy shiny products coming out all of the time and i struggle with it i'm quite i'm not going to say old school but you kind of get the idea i'm very much one i like to be on the phone i like to be on the phone i like to be in front of people i like to go for meetings i like getting on a video call but we've kind of um yeah people are losing that because it's easier it's easier to just rely on technology but just because it's easier it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a better result from it so 100 some of the automation all of that fantastic but the moment you use that automation to replace yourself in the part that you play downwards yeah. agree i think as long, as long as you're using it to free yourself up to spend more time doing the, the human part and adding that value as you said and building those relationships um then that's great. I mean, we're probably similar that we're a bit old school. Um, so we haven't got an, an awful lot of automation. Um, and I think actually that's, it gives us more of an opportunity to, be, to differentiate in a market that is becoming so heavily automated. Um, and, you know, our industry um, is so, you know, there's no barriers to entry. Anyone can just start doing some recruitment. Um, so but it doesn't mean everyone's doing it well. They can do it cheaply um but it doesn't last so i think the only way you can really be you know in it for the long game is to do it you know based on real people stuff real relationships 100 percent. and i know we touched on it before but we need to provide our views on this whole four day weeks hybrid working work from anywhere is it all getting a bit too easy for recruiters right now yeah, so this one, I, I go back and forwards on this in my head because as we've always led on trying to, so before COVID, when nobody did 
any hybrid working or flexible working. We used to really bang the drum for this. And we used to do webinars on it, like seminars, talk to our clients about it, try and get them doing it more. Um, and then it almost, obviously it just had to happen in COVID and then it's kind of gone so far and then it's kind of coming back around, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for, for, part of me thinks, so the whole thing about the great customer experience is you need your, your employees to be happy. They need to feel loyal to you to do a good job for your customers, right? Um, so I'm always in that mindset of what else do they want? What do they need? How can I make them happier? <laughs> so, um, but then, yeah, as I said before, there kind of has to be a line um, and making sure that actually, for example, when I said about our office that needs ideally to be open Monday to Friday, but now it's probably not going to be open on a Friday because we've given people work from home opportunity then it doesn't work that they're, they're we're looking after them more, they're looking after our customers more, because that's not, it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of gone too far. And I think a lot of businesses are maybe feeling that too, um, you know, across different sectors and, that, you know, how it impacts team building and training and, you know, all, all those obvious bits and pieces. Um, how about you? You know what? I was I was looking at this question and I, thought, I suppose the bit that really intrigues me is it's the way it's kind of asked in, is it all getting a bit too easy for recruiters right now? I I would almost say that a lot of this is having the opposite effect and it's making it easier for recruiters. Don't get me wrong. If I look at, look at the team that I've got, we, um, we rolled something out, which it never really stuck properly and I think it was just a bit too I don't know it was it was great we literally said right you've got no set place of work you've got no set hours of work you do what you need to do as long as you deliver what you're supposed to deliver as long as the quality of the work doesn't drop as long as targets are hit blah 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 and me and my business partner had spoken about that idea for, for years, going back like five, six, maybe even seven years. <laughs> um, and we officially rolled it out, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago. Um, and in a way, yeah, no, it just, the idea is lovely. We called it the utopia. The idea is great, but in reality, it's a shit show. I can't. What talents have you found then? It's just, it, it leaves it far too open. It leaves too much in the control of the individual. Now, I I love and respect everybody who, who works in the Sterling Choice. I really do. But the thing that you can't hide from, and I think some of them will agree as well, is the ability to truly accept where you are, your desk, your market, performance against target, blah, 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 and then to be given that freedom whereby we're talking like if you hit your target for the quarter, for the next quarter, you would have utopia. If you miss your target, then you lose it. And it's basically the norm, right? So it was kind of very linked to performance. But we had situations where people, we could see it was going to go wrong. And we kind of already put ourselves in a situation where, well, we've given this, so we can't suddenly 
Do you know what I mean? Oh, no, I'm, I'm taking it back. It's like, well, why, why, why? Like, what about that person? It was just, yeah, it, it just it just wouldn't fit. And what we found there is that was just a classic example of exactly like you touched on. You would sit there every day after work and think, what more, what more can I give? And we, I'd like to think we give a lot. I mean, salaries are competitive. People can earn up to 50% commission. They get all the, the holidays, all of that. They can get some working from home. They get profit share. They get taken away on holidays. It's healthcare, all of that stuff. It's kind of like as an employer, there's not much more you can really do. Um, and this was one of those ones where it was like, right, this, this is it. This is perfection. If we roll this out and it works, fantastic but then it's similar to your situation with your office closing on a friday right whilst what that then i suppose what that creates is this culture where as long as that individual is doing enough for themselves and their own target mm. that's all that matters right whereas that then has a very bad impact because if all of the team are doing just enough to succeed but then they only work 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. three days a week. Nobody picks up the phone. Nobody does this. Nobody does that. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're not in the office. We're not building up that, that atmosphere, that culture. You've got newbies coming into the business thinking, where the fuck is everybody? Like, well, they're all working from their beds today. Sorry. Like, it's just, it's <laughs> not going to work. Do you know what I mean? No. As, as much as it sounds magical, it's just, it's not sustainable. And I think that's the thing, like a lot of this stuff, it's got to be sustainable. So we're kind of, we did a bit of a U-turn. The team kind of understand, yeah, it's it's not really something that we're doing now, but instead it's a situation where if people are in a good place, cool, Do you do what you need to do. If you want to work from home, if you need to work from home, great. If you want to do the school, great. If you need yeah. to go home because you get the fridge delivered, great, do what you're doing. You don't need to work through your lunch and all of that stuff. But it's when we start pushing too much and too far, and I think that's the problem with the industry. It's kind of like everybody's thinking, oh, what's the next best thing to try and entice people from, from my competition? Hmm. At the end of the day, it's kind of one where for us personally, one of the things that I love about the business is, is the atmosphere. It is the culture in, in the office. And we've learned a lot over the past six months, especially like for me, I've, I've learned loads in the sense of managing my own emotion in the office when things are difficult. Um, and that's obviously a work in progress, you know, but <laughs> it's, um, we just find ourselves in that place where a big part of enjoyment in our company needs to be being in the office with your colleagues when things are difficult and you get a lot of pushbacks, you need to be around people that are going to help you pull it back and lift up. If you're in a great place and things are going well, you need to be able to high five and go for a beer to celebrate. If you're just yeah. sat in bed on your laptop, just withering away in despair or you know I mean? celebrating with your dog, that for me, that's <laughs> not what it's about. So yeah, yeah it's, um, it's all got a bit, it's got a bit wild. The balance, all of that, completely with it. We've got people working part-time and it works fantastic. Absolutely nothing against that. Um, just hired somebody out in the US. She, I mean, shit, I'm probably 
going to bed by the time she's really cracking on. So I've just got to expect and hope that she gets on with it. And I've got I've got no concern that she would do. So there's always that element of, of belief and trust in, in your team members. But I think some of this stuff has all just gone a bit too far. And yeah, I think as a, a country and just a working culture, it's, it's just created monsters. It's, it is such an interesting one that, that as you mentioned about trust, because mm. I think nobody goes out to be untrustworthy, or most people wouldn't, or kind of betray someone's trust. It's more like, you know, when you said sometimes there's less productivity, you notice when people are working from home. And I'd agree with that. And I, I don't think anyone does it to slack off. But as you say, you know, you're in the office and you've got that energy around you. You know, if someone else is on the phone and you're not, you think, oh, I better get on the phone. You know, it's that kind of rallying each other on. And I think the other thing as well is, um, you know, if you've been working from home for, let's say, three days and then you go into the office for one day, you've got loads of catching up to with your colleagues. You need to find out what they've been watching on telly or where they've yeah, been yeah. over the weekend. Yeah. And so then you almost have the same problem again where you lose productivity when people are in the office because they haven't been in for a few days. And there's much more chat. They need that human interaction. You know, you can't, especially recruiters, because they're people, people. That's why they're doing the job. So they, you end up having a social day in the office <laughs> and you've had a slow day at home. So then both, all of it ends up being a bit slower. Yeah. Um, I, th I feel like that's kind of, it's, and then the other thing as well I was thinking of is so we have core hours. Um, so we have core hours of 10 till 3. But you can flex your hours anywhere around that that you want to. So you could, you know, start at 10 and finish late or whichever you want, as long as you take your hours within that same week. Um, and I think, oh, I forgot where I was going with that now. Um, I think with that kind of flexibility, that's it. So, for example, previously, if you were really busy working a job and you needed to get some CVs out or you needed to do something because it was urgent, you stayed till 7 that night just because you were busy when your office was closing at five the next day you're still in at the same time and you still leave at the same time that you normally do whereas now if you did that and you stay till seven the next day you might be like oh i can do two hours less tomorrow because you you want to take back those hours which was never a thing before so i think you lose productivity there as well yeah it's um it's kind of i don't know that Oh, I'm gonna make, it's going to make us sound really old now. There was that time where recruitment was kind of treated as you do what you need to do. Like you don't, you don't do it for others. If you want to stay late, you stay late. Because exactly like you said, jobs come in, it's five o'clock, all your competition are going home. Mm. If you get this done, you're going to make a nice little chunk of commission. There was that time it got done. What I suppose we've kind of fallen victim to now is... And the more we talk about, right, do this many days, do these sort of hours, we're really then just focusing on the time element of the job as yeah. opposed to the result side. Yeah. I think it's always been a big one for us is if you're if if you nail it Monday through Thursday, if you bang out four superb days, I would be disappointed if you didn't text me on the Thursday night and say, look, tomorrow I'm just going to pick up bits from home and go and play golf, whatever the hell it is you do. Cool. Yeah. For me, that's what it's about. It's kind of that balance between performance against time. Because that's all it really is, right? It's We give a certain amount of time, we get paid a certain amount of money. But when you're in recruitment and when you're in something where you are very much in control of your own pocket and how mm -hmm. you compensate it, 
for me, I, I do look at those people where it's like quarter to nine arrival, already starting to clear the desk about two minutes to five. Yeah. Staring, thinking, what is going on? Like you're having a shocking week, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, those people will be the first to say, by the way, I've got my one day working from home tomorrow. I ain't really going to do anything because I never do. So, yeah, it's, I suppose where it's difficult is generally like across the country, we're trying to roll something out like it's binary, like, right, yeah, hybrid, four days, all of this. It doesn't work like that. Like if, if I was an accountant all day, I would sit at home with my laptop and I'd do my charts and get my calculator out, whatever it is they do. But when you're in something like recruitment, which like you say, it people, people, it is sales. It is something where 80% of what we do can lead to a negative outcome. We call 10 people, eight of them don't pick up, send out mm -hmm. 10 CVs, only two people get the job. Like there's always a lot of bad news, however small it may be. Sorry, they don't want to interview you. Sorry, you didn't get the job. No, we, I'm not interested, Lucas. Put the phone down on you, blah, blah, blah. If you're not around people that can, I mean, keep you motivated. Through, yeah. I personally, I can't imagine anything worse than sitting on my lonesome trying to do what we do for a living. Well, I remember doing it in COVID. <laughs> we closed all the offices and we were just sat there running. I was running our temp desk when everyone was furloughed. Oh, yeah. When you've got no one around you, it's no fun. Yeah, that's what I mean. Korean. I've never thought, I've never heard anyone describe recruitment as um, where 80% of the job could have a negative outcome. Yeah. You know, I saw, when I said it, I saw your face. You're like, wait, you're right. <laughs> but you know what I mean, though? It's kind of like. I wrote it down, though. That's good. It's, and don't get me wrong, like, the, the numbers might be a bit off, but genuinely, like, the amount of calls, the amount of voicemails, like. Yeah, it's true. The amount of it's true. Like, there is a lot of negative it's true but it, then when you um going back to the bd question mm. so why do people not enjoy bd because they you know they have a lot of calls where it doesn't go anywhere or they get told to do one or whatever so our, our guys should be used to that shouldn't they because you're getting rejection all the time you know you've sent this amazing candidate forward and you think they're definitely going to get the job and then you get you get told that either they pulled the whole job there is no job yeah. or the candidate doesn't show up or whatever so we should be used to that. We should have that resilience inbuilt to be sure. able to deal with that. It's kind of almost having that mindset and remembering that mindset when we're going in to do sales courses, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's one where it's like we should be used to it, but recruiters aren't stupid either. I think for a lot of them, they will sit there and they'll think, hmm, what should I do for the next three hours? I could bring up a list and call them and be worried that they may not accept me and they may not like me or I can spend the next three hours working this stale job that every other recruiter has worked for six months in the hope that something changes this time and unfortunately a lot of the time they'll go with the easier option which is mm. let me work the stale shit job as opposed yeah. to, do you know what I mean just thinking what can I do and I know there's been loads of examples and there's plenty of people probably that will watch this and correct me on who it was, but I think it was my business partner told me this story that he had about this guy who was in sales and he had two cups and he's like, you'd have a hundred paper clips in one of the cups 
when he starts off. And all he had to do by the end of the day, every phone call he makes, he takes one paper clip and he puts it in the empty cup. At the end of the day, regardless of what has happened, if the other cup is now full, the other one's empty, he's like, I've had a good day. Oh, that's nice. And I agree with it. It's kind of like we do whatever training and we prepare where we can. But the one thing that stops people is just picking up the phone and dialing the number. And that's the thing. If you just start as simple as, I've got that list. I'm going to call every single one. Regardless of what the outcome is, I'm going to be happy because I've called them. And you do that every day. You are going to get success one way or another. It will come. But I think in the most part, people just fear the rejection. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so true. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to kind of finish our chat for today by thinking about, you know, whatever's happening in the market, whatever does happen in the next 12 months, whichever way it goes, if we keep picking up that phone and feel happy that we made more connections, then we're going to have more success than if we don't. We smile and dial, as they say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to get it in there. Now you're taking it old school. <laughs> nice. Oh. This has been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been great. Cheers, Lucas. Enjoy All the best. Have a good weekend, right? Andy, bye-bye. Bye-bye.